Welcome to Avowedcast, the fan community podcast for Obsidian Entertainment's future RPG game titled Avowed. This is a podcast by fans for fans. Uh, we're not affiliated with Obsidian, although we would gladly donate a Dragonstone egg for them to keep on their desk while they work. My name is Sora, and I'm your host each week as we discuss everything related to Avowed, the world of Aora, and gaming in general with fans around the world. This week, we're narrowing our focus in on dragons, specifically dragons and Aora, and what we know from the Pillars of Eternity games and what we expect to see in Avowed. Sit back and enjoy. Can I pet the birdie? Of course you may. Ishii, if you even think of pecking the young lady. His wings are so soft. Just be careful, honey. You wouldn't be the first Orlin he's tried to carry off. All right, welcome to Avowedcast. Um, we are going to talk dragons this week, and we have uh, two of our recurring guest hosts here today with me. Uh, we have Kiwi and Parenthesis, so I'm going to ask them what they've been up to. Kiwi, have you been playing any games lately? Yeah, I, well, I've been playing uh, WoW Classic as, as normally every week, and... Uh... Well, actually, not games so much. I've been continuing with the one book series that I talked about uh, earlier. I don't know, a couple of three months back. Parenthesis, you playing anything? Uh, I'm. I actually got into my head to play the uh, the Frogwares uh, Sherlock Holmes collection backwards, just to see how it's changed in a different way. Interesting. So I've gotten to the Testament of Sherlock Holmes, which I believe was the one before. Uh, Sherlock Holmes' Crimes and Punishment. And uh, one of the interesting things about the, well, the trivia about it is that as you go back into the series, as as, as the series progresses, Holmes and Watson gets younger and younger. If you go back, they become doffier and doffier old men. Oh, my gosh. In the next one, I believe the Holmes have been described by some websites as hot so, uh, okay, sure, that, that's one way of selling Sherlock Holmes, as long as the riddles are good, I'm in. Exactly. Um, I just remember playing, uh, uh, did you ever remember the game called Deadline? Uh, it was the old Infocom one? Yes. Yeah, that was my first foray into the detective kind of uh, sleuthing uh, back in the 80s, I guess. It was early 80s. Um, I love those games and I love that game. It, it was a lot of fun. I mean, nothing compared to what you're talking about. This is much more complex, but uh, just a, a really cool type of game, I think, to play. Um, so we're going to talk about dragons today. I, I've just been playing uh, myself. I, mean, I went back to Resident Evil uh, Biohazard. Um, I don't know why. It's on Game Pass so I decided to go back and dabble with that because of the new Resident Evil coming out and uh, been wanting to play that too. So just playing around with that a little bit, have a lot of other side projects going on. So I haven't been doing as much gaming lately as I've, as I've wanted to. Um, I did want to, we focused on the bestiary. We talked about the bestiaries, uh, pillars, um, Aora, and maybe talked about how it compared with some other games and uh, the type of creatures you encounter in this world that, that Avowed might have in its world. We, we kind of touched on that in a very general sense, and we did mention dragons in there. Um, the reason this came up is there have been a couple of articles online 
um, in the past couple of months about uh, dragons and avowed. And I think the main reason that that is a is still because that shadow hanging over avowed of Skyrim. And as much as we may not want that comparison to be out there, it's there. And many people haven't. Uh, and I know I've heard from some of our listeners who, who, who have still not played any of the Pillars games, but are super excited about playing Avowed um, and just really love the trailer. And they've started exploring the world a little bit through either YouTube videos or reading about it. And I know that dragons are this huge mythical creature that have been in video games forever. I looked it up online just just because I wanted to see if there's a good, concise history of how dragons have been used specifically in electronic games. We know they've been in literature and mythology and um, and even uh, pen and paper games forever. Uh, but just as far back, I, I couldn't really find a good history of it, which I was surprised about. I'm sure there's the one out there. So if you're a listener, shoot it my way and we'll mention it in one of the next podcasts. But I was able to find uh, a pretty decent list in Wikipedia of the ga- the games that have had featured dragons in them. Um, and it's pretty comprehensive. <laughs> it's pretty big. I don't think it's probably all of them because I know there was a few I was looking for. I don't see in there, but it's pretty comprehensive. So if you want to look that up, it's uh, you just go search for dragons in games Wikipedia and you'll see it. Um, you know, they, they go as far back, I think, as uh, as far as graphical games. The first one I remember playing with, I think, is probably the Atari. Um, you had the Atari 2600 that had the, the adventure game. And I don't even think the dragon had a name. Maybe it did. I'm sure I'll get email about that. That's the first one I remember encountering electronically. Of course, I played other games on the PC like... Um, Wizardry, Ultima, um, those type of games also had various, in, you know, uh, creations, dragon creations in them uh, that you can encounter. And just looking back, some of the ones that stood out to me when in my plays, and then I'll get you guys to kind of chime in on some of your favorites that you played in uh, games before. But as far as dragons that stood out to me, you know, I'm just going to rattle off a couple. You have the Ender Dragon in Minecraft. You know, you have, um, I don't know if you remember the Metroid games from Nintendo Entertainment System. They had Ridley. There's cute ones like, well, I guess cute, but like Bone Tail and Paper Mario. Um, of course, you have the more serious ones like Shadow of Colossus had two, I believe. There was a Sea Dragon. I don't remember its name. And then flanks was that its name or the one near the end but that had two i know it had two it might have had more um those are the ones i remember off the top of my head you have world of warcraft had deathwing and some others um you have akatosh from elder scrolls which i don't believe you ever actually encounter again i could be wrong there other than Um, maybe a cutscene. yeah i got seen in oblivion yeah you never really play it that i remember um play against Akatosh. Uh, it's kind of the dragon god of time, if I remember. Um, you also had, uh, in, see, in Skyrim, you had Alduin and Parthenox were two big ones that just Parthenax that stood out in my head. Um, there are ones from Dragon Age Inquisition, had one in particular that I remember. Well, that was a kind of a, 
a race of dragons. It was the mature female dragons. And I don't know that they had a specific name. I know they were called high dragons, um, but I don't know if they had any like personality or name to them. Um, and then there's others like Bahamut has been in many different D&D games, Final Fantasy games. Um, and then, of course, there's Pillars has some stars like Audra is a big one that people talk about that battle and there are others. So there's quite a few is if you just sit and think back. Um, and I was trying to think back to my favorite encounter. I had a hard time doing that. I mean, I don't know that I've ever really felt like in awe of an encounter with a dragon. I don't know. Maybe the first time I played, um, what was that one that, uh, the guy who did super, uh, the command game, the dungeon siege, dungeon siege, the first dungeon siege game was kind of neat. The way you creeped up on the dragon and he was sleeping. I kind of remember that was really cool the way they presented that. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I'm interested in you guys, like your history with games and do you, are there any that stood out to you as, wow, this was a great creation. This was, this was a dragon that's going to be infamous and, and live in everybody's memory or at least in yours. Hmm. I, I, I probably don't have as a, uh, you know, a, a long gaming history as you have. And I'd say that anytime there's been the dragons, uh, it's always been um, very, I don't know, they've always been, you know, a big boss or something you need to be scared of, initially at least. And I think the trend nowadays is that if you have dragons, you're going to have different kinds of them. I think this it's a, it's a, been a quite a, a long tradition already having different colors of dragons, you know, ice, fire, etc. different kinds of dragons. And that's kind of been the staple of games lately. And which is also in uh, pillars now also. But I think in pillars, it's uh, for a different reason. Yeah. And parenthesis. So this might be cheating because it's it's actually pretty. The backstories are coming from tabletop uh, background, but Feuerschwinge, uh, Firewings, and Luftwehr from uh, Shadowrun Dragonfall are my favorites because their their backstories and their reasonings are are quite interesting, um, and they both come up in that game towards the end, and and they're they're great. But uh, Luftwehr, you have to know how he got here. Where, where, where he is, and, and that's a long story, so I won't bother you with that. You can look that up. But they're great, and you can talk to them, and you can understand them, and uh, and and they're yeah, yeah. I I, it's it's interesting. I mean, like those particular ones you guys mentioned. I mean, it's uh, definitely stand out for me as well. But um, I just I I feel like they're. I don't know, maybe Kiwi, you hit on the shift that's recently happening and that um, how people are, I, I think they're trying to attack the idea of the dragon in a different way. Um, I, I definitely feel like um, Skyrim was a light touch, even though it was a big part of the game. 
I don't feel like they broke any really new ground there with with the story or with the dragons. Not that it wasn't fun or it wasn't enjoyable to have that, you know, to be able to speak in the dragon tongue and uh, to be able to have that discussion with Parthenax on the hill. On the hill, I don't remember the name of the hill at the, that you go on, but yeah, it, um, yeah I yes, I guess some of them are uh, distinguished uh, appreciators of the. Uh, game series will claim that they were most of the dragons in Skyrim weren't dragons at all, but actually wyverns, uh, because of uh, they only having two feet or something. Interesting. But, I hadn't heard so that. that. Yeah, I, you. I don't know. I, I browse some niche. Uh, shit posting groups on Facebook, so I see this kind of stuff. Very cool. I like that interpretation, um, and they're probably right. Um, I guess the bef- we can jump into kind of pillars a little bit, um, and assuming that somebody listening hasn't played the game, um, I can give like a general idea, uh, and then you guys can can chime in. Um, you know that the, the the dragons and Aora are are a little different, and that dragon is more of, I mean, I guess it's, it you know, dragon is a, uh, a part of an evolution. It is not a necessarily a single entity. So in pillars, you you go from, uh, from birth to adult stage form. So there's you start with the egg and the worm and the drake, and then move on to the dragon. Um, and so this entire life cycle is kind of talked about in the game and is something yeah. that you encounter in the game. Um, what would you say if, if you were talking to someone who is, who's really likes dragons and is curious about, uh, Obsidian's take on it? What do you feel is, is unique about their take on dragons? Uh, I think, well, what's, what, it is, this is not unique, but you know, the, they they follow the same kind of uh, model of growing up as, for example, in Warcraft. But I think there's a difference between how the color of those dragons is uh, formed. As if I if I understand correctly, in pillars the dragons kind of they take up or they adapt to their surroundings. That if there's a volcano and the dragon lives in the volcano, it becomes a fire dragon. I, I might be incorrect, but this is the uh, this is what I understood from the game. But in, in some other like stories like Warcraft, uh, they are born that way. Yeah, they're heavily influenced by their environment, and they don't really blend into it as much as their well, their growth is, is spurred by it. Right. And so you're, they kind of take on the, the coloration, like you were saying, of the territory that, the, that they're in. Um, but doesn't the territory also kind of uh, affect them in more than just color? If, if yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. Um, can you give me an example? Mm, uh, for example, they, they, you know, the fire dragon you'll encounter in... Uh, a BOE2, uh, it's gonna, you know, breathe fire. Um, 
have it's it's not like it's only color it's not like fire but its skin is molten or rocky or this kind of thing it's kind of uh, becomes one with the element right and it's uh you have a number of those um types of of representation you have like the the alpine dragon for example for to reflect that kind of setting um um just going off the top of my head uh sky dragon was one um adra dragon the adra of course yeah like like this that certainly shows you that uh the, what the surrounding is, it's aspects the what it's gonna be like. You couldn't say that no, it it was born as an adra dragon, but the the dragon actually lives in a place that has a huge adra statue next to it. And sometimes it seems like those dragons take they kinda uh, mimic some aspect of or, of a deity that, and they usually those bigger ones that have names and are smart and are very old, they usually have done some kind of a deal or, or a promise to a deity. Yeah. And their, um, you, their life cycle is unique in that they only, only the dragons can mate. Um, and I believe that they typically leave their setting at that point or at least from the lore or stories i remember that's how they they go into the mating otherwise they kind of stick to their their place um and uh i would say that if you well let's i'm gonna let you instead of put words in your mouth kind of describe to someone who might be more of a, a casual gaming fan um how would you see a dragon represented in a, by obsidian different from a dragon represented by bethesda other than the things we've just mentioned well one of the important things to notice is that they are fiercely um what's the right word it isn't shy but but they like to isolate themselves they live at the edges of the world and the places where you might stumble into them so they aren't supreme beings that can alter reality, nor are they grand schemers. They are they are dragons. They are great big beasts. They, they can't change that. And they live and they feed off what they can find. Yeah, they're kind of, uh, they're not, they definitely wouldn't call them nomadic. They're, they're, and they're not just wandering creatures. The, like I said, I think the only instance I would remember of them breaking from that is like during the mating uh, stage, if I can recall right. But um, I would also argue that they are a little deeper in, as far as development goes. So, like, and I, and I would have to pull it up uh, to remember, but um, the dragons that were in, like, we'll stick with Elder Scrolls, for example, um, were not, I don't feel were, I feel like they were surface level. And that that's not meant to be an insult. It's just that I don't feel like there was, there was definitely attention paid to the lore and the story and, and how that fit into the whole Dragonborn scenario. But I just don't 
I know that, and I know that Akatosh has been around since like Red Guard or whenever the first game came out. Um, so dragons have been a part of their world. I just didn't get the feeling like that it. I wasn't as in awe. Let's put it that way. When I would encounter a dragon in an Elder Scrolls game, I was in awe when I encountered uh, Audra in Pillars One. I was, I was. It was pretty amazing, you know, it, yeah. for me, it was it was a momentous thing. I guess that kind of piggybacks on what Princess has said and that they're not just going to be wandering around in the forest, you know, uh, next to the bears and the deer. You know, the, the, this is a, I don't know how to put words on it, but it's just a more in-depth, thought-through, deep character slash creature. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's they they have a backstory, sure, and the all really old ones that we usually talk about, the they have a personality, and uh, you can actually reason with them. But most of the time, the dragons are actually hostile, and uh, you you actually have to usually know beforehand uh, what you know stats or uh, other stuff you should have before you know attempting to uh, talk your way out of a dragon fight usually you just have to fight them and usually you you get smashed quite hard if you don't know what you're doing they're definitely used to being on top of the food chain and if you interrupt their solitude you better have a damn good reason and a damn compelling reason for them not eating you Absolutely. It's terrifying, right? Whereas if I encounter a dragon in uh, almost any other game, maybe Shadow of Colossus would have been an, a, a, another example of a difficult encounter. But Or maybe there was one in um, Dark Souls, the Hellkite was pretty difficult. But I just feel like a lot of people who are coming to Avowed are coming from that that Skyrim experience. And I'm assuming that Obsidian is going to stick with what they've done and they're going to make these creatures momentous. This isn't, like I said, going to be, oh, let me grab some alchemy resources. Oh, there's a deer over there. Isn't he cute? Oh, look, there's a dragon flying above. It's not going to be that way, at least in my opinion. They're going to stick with this this persona, this kind of intelligent creature that has reason and, and there's a reason for where it is at at the time it is at but also just like you as a as a character has powers and has different ways to to hurt you not just uh whereas in skyrim is do they blow ice do they blow fire i mean no there, there's a little more difficult like it, you can even look them up in um, the pillars wiki and they have all the variants listed and you can see their defense their abilities the specific attributes of each different dragon and these are not just cool that these are detailed these are different like if you look at the sky dragon and you compare it to the alpine dragon those are two different encounters they have two different ability stacks they have different defenses these are different creatures yeah. even though they're of the same yeah it, especially the one in boe2 the the expansion about about Rimkran. yes the, that dragon the the fight is actually really hard if you if you don't know what's coming 
Well, like, some would say uh, it's. Imp- I've seen on posts online who basically say it's impossible. <laughs> so it's not impossible, but it's it's up there, right? I mean, it's you really have to know your stuff and be ready for it, like Parenthesis said. Do you guys have any specific memories from in, any of the games that uh, just stick out to you? Was it that attack? Yeah, that that dragon is awful. The encounter is just hard, and you. Most of the time, I just get a wizard uh, and get the one uh, that ha- hammer spell you get from Consult House Grimoire. Yeah, and it's it's really effective against you know anything. Yeah, I would say for me the Audra the Audra um, Pillars One Dragon was for me a. I mean, it wasn't necessarily that as difficult as the one you mentioned, but that one stands out to me just because I I was not expecting, I don't know, it yeah. to be difficult, and it was. I actually haven't killed Alpine Dragon, Adra Dragon, or Sky Dragon at any point. Oh. I once talked my way out of Alpine Dragon, but that's about it. See, that to me is what makes it so incredible. I, I just love that. Don't I mean, just the intellect and the respect is given to the creature that this isn't just, you know, they're not they don't just survive on thirst and hunger. You know, that there's more to the being that they don't just want to eat you so they can get nourishment or because they're angry. Um, parenthesis, you have any specific instances that stood out to you in the games? I have to say it's the Alpine dragon um, whom you meet after you find a journal of a, a poor unfortunate uh, soul who, who sadly perished next to it. Well, he was he was killed by it because it, he had some. Well, he was literally connected to it by his soul. Uh, it would, they, they were one soul that was split off into two, and it went well. That person had half my soul. He he made me weaker, so I killed him. <laughs> and and that is, or, or something like that and it, it clearly proves that these are not these are big arrogant beings that know they're big and they know that they won't stand for anything and so even if if i mean in in, in all romantic setting you might they might have had a chat and they might have made some kind of bond but no this was you are a danger to me now you die exactly and another thing that uh, sticks out in my head is that like in a, a lot of games uh, that I play, and this isn't just Skyrim, but a lot of games when you're encountering a bigger creature or a creature that maybe is more powerful than a troll or and maybe a troll's not the best example. But anyway, you're, you're encountering this epic creature of some sort. You know, I'll just be honest. I mean, you can basically do kite the creature in the game. You just run around in circles until it dies. Um the same attack you use for a bear would be just as effective on a dragon in Skyrim, for example. That is definitely not the case in Pillars. If you just look at the list of immunities that these things have um, in Pillars, I mean, you can't just use the same tactics that you used for one creature on the next. Um, You really have to know, kind of understand them, be ready, like Kiwi said, you know, be really ready. Um, otherwise, you're gonna just die. I mean, have, uh, yeah. have you actually ever encountered a really, really big creature in the Elder Scrolls games? You know, like, even the dragons are relatively small. Uh, right, that's a good point. 
Yeah, I don't. I mean, Parthenex was was kind of, a, you know, the ancient dragons, I guess, were, were slightly big. But you're right. They weren't enormous. There's certainly nothing like um, like Hydrus, the sea dragon in Shadow of Colossus or something like that. You know, it's uh, it, it'll be interesting to see how they handle perspective in Avowed, like it, whether, how they stick with that. And, and I think... I'm just curious, what would you like to see? Would you just want to see more of the same? Do you like Like, the way they did it or do you want to see anything different as far as dragons uh, go? If I want, if I see a dragon, I I want to be scared. Like, you know, actual dragon would be colossal or really big. Like, uh, I don't like if you play, it's, I, I believe it's going to be a single player game and we probably have companions, but taking down a dragon it's going to be complicated. Yeah, I agree with that completely. Parenthesis, what are your thoughts on on about? Do you th- do you want it to kind of be the same old, same old? Do you want any changes? Um, one change I would like to see is a dragon who is active. Many of the most of the dragons you met meet in the games are passive, one way or the other. There's one who has a who has a, a nice. Uh, scheme going but but one that takes an active role and is is doing something perhaps involved in, in some sort of quest or in, in some background stuff that that you run into um but of course they are they are solid they're creatures who enjoy their solitude so i don't know how likely that is yeah i don't know i i would like to see that as well all of the things you mentioned i i'm i like kivi said i want to be terrified i want it i don't want it to while I would want them to be active and involved, uh, like you said, I don't want them to be too common either. I want it to be, I want it to stand out. I want me to, I want my breath to kind of, you know, escape my, me when I see them. And I'm not immediately thinking, oh, I'm going to kill it. I, I would love to encounter them and, and think, you know, wait, maybe there's other options. And I've talked about that before, how I really like that pillars embraces through the at least it has isometrically through conversation and and we don't really know how they're going to handle that in avowed but to be able to talk and discuss with an intelligent creature and that really wasn't an option in in skyrim yes i know you had conversations with but they were mainly just to move the plot along um i like the idea of being able to reason with the creature i would love to see the ai step it up even higher if they could i would love I would really love to not be able to go through the entire game in hard mode and hard mode and think it's an easy mode, which is what happens in Skyrim. It's so monotonous and so boring. I want to stumble into maybe the secretive place and see this dragon and just be terrified. I mean, I want, I want, I want to be terrified. No, I'm going to die. You know, I love, I love the feeling of that. Not that I necessarily want the game to be too hard. I just want there to be variations in the difficulty. And I think dragons are one of the way that, ways that they can do that. Yeah, it's 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 sad if a game is a face roll. Yeah, like you, of course, you, it's it's only plausible that your character can achieve some things easily and some some with more difficulty, but you actually want some really, really hard encounters in the game. What, what, well, you kind of mentioned it, but do you, what's your hardest uh, dragon encounter? Do you think it's the Pillars 2 one that you were talking about, Kivi? No, I, 
I think Advert Dragon is my nemesis. Ah, uh, there you go. Good choice. Parenthesis, you have one in particular. Is it the Alpine Dragon again? Oh, yes, it's, it's the Alpine Dragon. That was uh, something to take down. Oh, yes. Yeah. I think you need to have intelligence high enough to talk your way out of it. I th- yes. I think maybe it was six or how on 16 or higher something. I think it was 16. Yeah. Or maybe 14 or 16. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it was one of the higher, yeah, if yeah. not the it's, highest, was it? No, the highest was, uh, can't pronounce the one. Well, the, I actually like the one in BOE2, the, the dragon on the Neketaka, the water dragon. Oh, yeah. 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 You actually, if you mm. like this, there's a bad way to do it. I guess bad and the uh, less bad ending, and there's a good ending. Like you, you can either kill the dragon or uh, uh, release the dragon, or you can tap some of the dragon's power for uh, the Huana and then release it, which is the best thing. But you need quite high animancy for that. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely, I love the way that the scale works and how you kind of have to have, for the more options to be available, you have to have have leveled up or have different abilities. Um, but this, this is straight Mark uh, Obsidian. It is. Yeah, it really is. And I love that about them. And I, I don't think that's going to change. Like we talked about in a podcast before where we said, you know, we said this isn't going to be Skyrim 2.0. They need to stick with what they know and stick with what they're good at. And they're going to create a game that I think will pull in people because I think there's more people out there nowadays that there's more, the the audience grows exponentially for games. We know that it's a multi-billion dollar industry. Um, But I also think that as more people are pulled into the industry um, or pulled into the hobby that they are more tolerant of diversity so they're not necessarily going to i'm assuming they're not going to be disappointed when they see the dragons in avowed and see that they aren't um alduin you know that they're they're different and i think that's a good thing um do you guys have any final comments on on dragons that we may have missed uh and what what they might expect in avowed expect them as a rare treat yeah i guess I guess if they're going to have dragons, uh, it's not going to be quite like many. I, I expect it's going to be two or three most at most. Like we've already seen quite uh, many different kinds of, well, not actually many, there's not so many dragons, but like we've seen fire and water and uh, sky, sky and what, whatever. And so there's not going to be many options left if they want to create different kinds of dragons. Right. I mean, but they're also, let's be honest, the audience is going to be huge for this game, a lot bigger than probably 10 times what there was for the original pillars. So you're going to be a lot of people who are new to it. So it's okay to kind of use that same. Yeah, I I, I believe they they could be some similar kind of dragons, but, you know, it's, it's not just dragons. You you also have big drakes uh, and uh, whelps and stuff like drakes can be easy or hard. You know, this in I think in POE2 at least there are a couple of uh, uh, big drakes 
or that uh, are some kind of bosses also. Yeah, ab- absolutely. That's a good point. And I think that's why I love the the moving through the final form of adulthood and how, how that works and how they're represented in the game. That growth, those three stages of growth. Is- uh, yeah, well, like the, the thing about dragons in Pillars is that uh, while they usually only stay, stay in their lair, uh, like you'd think like they have to go hunting, but that's actually not the case usually. Uh, I don't actually know the specifics of how often they need to eat, but uh, usually they have a clan of Zorips, uh, these uh, small, I don't know, that's right. Small cobalt-like creatures that they uh, worship them. Yeah, worship them and give themselves as sacrifice for the dragons. I forgot about that completely, and that is such a cool aspect to it. Really, I mean, it's almost like they build their communities around the dragon's lair. I mean, I guess it's not almost they do. They build their communities around the dragon, and that that's super, really super cool. I love that. Um, so I want to move into, we do have a couple of emails. Uh, we got, since the last podcast, I think we got about 14 emails, which is good. Um, I picked out three that I thought were different than things we maybe haven't answered completely before. We have one from Raphael. Raphael says, and this is interesting because it kind of relates to what we're talking about, kind of, um, wants to know if uh, Dragonborn might be a potentially playable race in Avowed, was his question. What? Uh, no. I mean, Dragonborn as a race, as we haven't heard of a race that is part Dragon. Uh, the, the closest thing you're going to get is a syrup. Unless Obsidian is going to pull up something out of there, be posterior. Like, <laughs> mm. I think closest thing you now get is some kind of godlike. Yeah, mm. I think they won't tread on that because that's too close to other games. Although it's more obviously than Dragonborn has been in many more games other but, than, yeah. than Skyrim. But um, you know, I, of course, Skyrim's Dragonborn wasn't really a race, but just. Uh, it was a character origin as the, being the chosen one. And I actually think that in about it's we're going to have some kind of uh, chosen one thing as any Obsidian or uh, uh, um, Bethesda game usually have your the courier or uh, what what not Dragonborn. Uh, yeah, which, I don't yeah, know. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't want that personally, but I think you're right. I don't. Yes. I don't. I, <laughs> what? Watcher is a good guess, but they might come up with something new and unique, but we'll see. Uh, we have another one from Brett. Brett wrote in and said, I would love, oh, this one is, this, okay, this is an interesting question. I would have never, ever thought of some of this, but I think it's cool, Brett, and I'm glad you brought it up. Um, Brett says, uh, I would love to see a version of Avowed that lets you play the game in first person, but allows you to switch to an isometric view as well. If you could switch between the two, which would you prefer for your first playthrough? I would prefer to play it in first person uh, simply because I'd, I'd like to see how the different uh, races look from a first-person perspective. I mean, try playing as an orc and looking up at a Mao might be something. Also, 
uh, if they include bigger critters like yeah, dragons and things like that, that that might be a, uh, an awe-inspiring sight. I'm going to be the skeptic here. Uh, you probably are not going to have isometric view uh, to play because it's it's already one big thing to make it work in a first-person view. Uh, but if you make it uh, isometric, then you're going to have a diff completely different control scheme and probably the way your character would fight. True. There, uh, I don't know, uh, Brett, if you've played this game or not. Uh, Dragon Quest Eleven did something really interesting in that they actually allow you to play the game. It's it's not first really first person. It's it's third person close up, um, but they allow you to switch between uh, that third person and an isometric view and different graphics. It goes back to the I think like the old Dragon Quest graphics, uh, bitmap kind of looking. And um, what's interesting about that is this is it is it handles differently. At least I played it and I felt it handled differently when I switched between the two. Battles were more turn based um, than I felt. I mean, yes, they're turn based in the other one, but I I was moving around. I could do different things. I don't know if it was interesting for a company to take that into account. And I don't know if that's what you're referring to, Brett. But that's mm -hmm. somebody who has done that before who switched completely to not just to third person, you know, like they do in Skyrim, but switched completely to the isometric top-down uh, view and also the graphics change. There's probably others that have done it, but I hope, and I, and I love your question, Brett, but I hope they don't do it. And the reason is because <laughs> I don't know that a lot of people are gonna want that feature. And I think people just want a great game. Focus on making the game great the way that you chose to make it. If you're making a first person game, make a first person game that is great. When I companies try to, you know, put lots of things on the platter to appeal to everyone, that's usually most of the time ends up to be watered down. Although I guess you could argue Skyrim was like that, but you can't, please everyone. And I would say that that's probably not something they're going to do. Uh, financially, I don't think they can handle it either. Uh, yeah, it's, it would be compli too complicated. And you already have the top down. You have BOE yeah. 1 and go play them. Yeah, absolutely. Just go back and play 1 and 2, and they're fantastic. This question, the last one we got today, is from Squishy Roll. I, think, I don't know if Squishy Roll has written several times in before, so thank you, Squishy Roll, for being a listener. Um, I think this is the first time I've read your question on the air. Uh, this is a, an interesting question to me because uh, I have some personal experience with it. I don't know if you guys do. Uh, the question is, are any of you going to pick up Dead Fire on the Switch later this year? I tried Pillars 1 and was disappointed. Um, so that was the extent of the question. So Squishy Roll, I played Pillars 1 on the Switch. Uh, the and was disappointed. I will agree with you there. There were, uh, I wouldn't say, I didn't encounter any of the game-breaking bugs that people are talking about online, um, but the, there was lots. There was it, was it was a bit of a mess, and it wasn't the best way to experience the game, And which brings into account why would a company 
do that? Why would you farm it? I mean, I guess money is the answer, right? I mean, why else would you do something like put it on a platform where it may not actually work? Uh, would you guys play a Pillars game on a, a hand console like that? No. Like uh, isometrics, no. You, if you play that kind of game with a console, you get what you deserve. <laughs> Parenthesis? So, um, A, I don't own a Switch and I don't in- intend to get one. But if I got a Switch, switch sorry, I would not play it simply because I don't feel the Switch uh, is a good form factor for it. The, uh, well, the buttons, the input systems are not up to scratch, uh, simply put. I could imagine it working on a console. A console controller has a lot of buttons and they have a lot of analog, a lot of sticks and, and what have you. Uh, but but, but this, this switch just seems too simple for a game like this. I mean, then you you might you might make it work for for a game like this, but you would have to build it for the Switch. And Pillars of Eternity One and Two are not those games. Yeah, I, and I agree with you. I've thought about buying Dead Fire to try it on the Switch, but I've decided that's not something I want to invest in. There, there's a lot of things about this I don't like, and I'm kind of surprised. Well, maybe I'm not surprised because I think this kind this deal. Uh, where the the publisher I think is called Versus Evil is the, uh, that put out the Switch port that they I'm assuming they came up with this deal before their whole thing with Microsoft uh, went down I don't know I mean I, who knows how far back I don't remember when Obsidian actually signed the deal with Microsoft. Uh- they they signed the deal with Versus Evil long before. Uh, I remember seeing the notices about Versus Evil delaying it long before they, they they announced they were being bought by Microsoft. So I think that would have affected it. I don't think this is. I think this is a money grab. I think that they're trying. They're they're thinking less about the um, about this franchise that they're building and keeping this franchise sustainable and respectable. I think they're thinking more at that point about money because we know they, they were definitely in a little bit of still, even after pillars two, we're, we're not highly profitable um, necessarily. So they were looking for some money. So they, they did this now versus evil has come under a lot of criticism and you can find it all over the forums and the internet. Um, not just for this port in particular, but, um, I am not particularly happy with the way they reacted to it. I looked it up just to see what their, their slant on the pillars one game is on the switch and, and all of the bugs and stuff uh, that are exist in the game. And, They've come under fire. I think the biggest problem is that somebody has done it and done it correctly. And that was Divinity Original Sin um, on the Switch, which I did play on the Switch and is good on the Switch. It actually works. And it it's not as good as playing it on a big screen. It's the kind of game that's better on a PC, but it worked. And there was not, it runs just fine. Um, uh, Original Sin on there too is great. Um, you know, so if that's all you have and you don't have a PC and you want to play that kind of game, that's the one I would recommend. I would not play Pillars. But anyway, Versus Evil came out and said that they they had they had a final statement about it and said that the game would not receive any more patches as they have, quote, reached a limit 
on which they can do with our updates. Basically, they said, we have exhausted our options left to us from the PC original in regards to the limitations of the hardware we are working with. And I don't buy it. I mean, I, I think I don't buy it. I mean, your your take you have examples like Baldur's Gate. I have uh, I haven't played it on the Switch, but I know that um, one of our hosts has done it. I'm, I think it was probably Jed Mandu who did it and said he enjoyed it. Um, so I don't know. I don't buy it. But anyway, the answer to your question, Squishy Roll, is I think. If Switch is all you have and you're and you're desperate to play it, go ahead. I wouldn't pay full price for it. No, I mean the game has been out. It's on it's on discount on Steam all the time. I mean, and you can buy the ultimate version. Why pay fifty dollars uh, for a title that you don't know is going to necessarily work or not? And I'm a bit surprised that Obsidian, as a company, is letting that continue. And they're ju- just not saying screw it. You know, at this point, you know, we have Microsoft there above us. Unless these guys can pull it off, screw it. I don't want to taint my franchise. I don't want to have some people whose only impression of my franchise is from that version. I'm opening a door to a group of people. Yes, it's going to give me more money. I mean, look at the install base of the Switch. But is it worth it Uh, in the general sense of the community around it you know saying that game sucks well that game sucks because you played it on the wrong platform you know uh, i don't know that's just just what i think about it i'm seeing red now if we take go down take them all with us and that's all we have for you today if you want to get a hold of us email us our email address is avowedcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at avowedcast. Those are the best ways to get a hold of us. Um, thank you for listening. And uh, we're going to end today, as we always end our podcast, with the music of Justin Bell. <laughs>